Welcome to Scrollin' episode 105. I'm Ket, and uh, Davius is on vacation this week celebrating uh, the freedom of our nation, July 4th. Uh, he and his family took a little trip, so uh, I thought about inviting a guest uh, to help me to, to take Davius's spot for this episode, but I decided to just go ahead and, uh, and fly solo, do it myself. Mostly just due to laziness and me not really kind of kind of taking the opportunity to to save on editing time and that kind of stuff. I've been pretty busy here lately, so um, that sounded pretty enticing. So it's just going to be me doing a little bit of a monologue, kind of like the good old days, uh, like the first 10 episodes, I think it was. It was just me by myself. Uh, let's see if I've gotten any better at it. <laughs> So, I mean, as far as Necrom, we, I think we talked all about our thoughts and everything on the last episode, and I don't think any thoughts have changed uh, as far as our impressions of the content or anything like that. We're pretty much exactly one month in, like like four weeks into the patch at this point. So I think most people who are going, are going to do the content, they've done it by now, um, and we're just kind of cruising right along in this meta. I'm thinking just based on their usual schedule of things we should have the next pts in maybe two or three weeks i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe two weeks because uh, it's typically like every six weeks like we get a we get a patch then six weeks later we get a pts and then the patch drops six weeks after that and on and on is generally how it goes um it's not always exactly like that though so um anyway we're we're already coming up on the next cycle as far as um what's in store for q3 we know that there's no content right they, they've told us that that uh it's it's not going to be a dungeon pack like it's been in the past uh they're, they're just focusing on quality of life and bug fixes and performance and that kind of stuff is what the q3 patch is going to be all about but keep in mind that quality of life can can mean big things uh like uh the uh, the set curation system is a quality of life feature, you know, and that's like a total game changer ever since they implemented that thing. Uh, Joral in the chat says they better give the BG lobby or we riot. Yeah, um, that's something we've been kind of hanging on to hope with that um, that reveal event earlier in the year where they were kind of giving us a preview of what's to come uh, in ESO this year. They um, they did say the words. Uh, pre-made group finder and we talked all about it at that time and you know kind of had our conspiracy theories and everything but i think there is something to that because that event that that i'm talking about that was a that was a scripted event like i'm pretty sure they were straight up reading off of teleprompters you know like they, he didn't just randomly say the word pre-made group finder um that was an intentional thing and i think that they very well know what like how we use those words in the game, you know, like pre-made, that's pretty much only a word you use in association with battlegrounds, really no other context. So there's a good chance something like that is, is coming, but there's also, I think an equally good chance that we're just like Im imagining, you know, taking that one little thing and, and going way too far with it. But uh, I sure do hope so. That would, that would alleviate so much. Um, for the PvP community, make things so much easier for us. You know, when when there are nights when, uh, like when we have our um, 
our guild events, our BG party nights, and we have like a bunch of duos queued up and it's still taking forever for the queue to pop, even though there's more than enough people right here in the Discord to fill up a full match. You know, it's like, it's frustrating because we just want to play some BGs and we're like fighting the system. So if we can have a lobby where we just, okay, everyone in the guild is in this lobby and the match, there, there is no queue. You know, you just push the start button and you go. Um, I'm hoping that they'll, they'll let us select, of course, the game mode, obviously. Like, you know, it'd be really nice if we can just choose Deathmatch. That's a no-brainer. But also, it would also be nice if they let us choose the map as well. Um, and, and also have a, a, a random option for both as well, for the game mode and the map. You know, so you can, you can specifically pick or, or make it random. That would be really nice. I feel like for a lot of, like, guild events and stuff, I'd want that really tiny Colosseum map. Yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe, hopefully, by the the next scrolling podcast episode, uh, we'll have some some Q three PTS stuff to be talking about. Uh, I think if not the next episode, then almost certainly the episode after that. Almost certainly. In PvP land, it is uh, White Streaks Mayhem is going on once again. You may be thinking we just had White Streaks Mayhem, and that's true, we did. It was. What was it, maybe a month ago? Uncle Sam, welcome to the chat, buddy. So yeah, White Strikes Mayhem, it's going on uh, once again. We just had, was it like a month ago or not very long ago? Um, but there was, I can't remember the circumstances, but we we skipped a White Strikes Mayhem event a while back, and so we're making up for that now. So um, it's an interesting thing, thing, though, because since we just had the Mayhem event not too long ago, it feels like the the excitement and the hype it's just not there this time, you know, like um we've been queuing into Imperial City and and stuff and we're not really seeing those big zergs and stuff. Uh, I mean we we're definitely seeing more activity than you normally would see in Imperial City certainly. Uh but it's not just like popping off like it was the last time. And the BGQs same way like um group queue is like 20 30 minute wait time, you know. Um, which was not the case the last uh, Mayhem event. So it feels like people are still sort of satiated from the last time, and they're really not super excited about it this time. And there's a little bit more participation, but not like it was the last time. As a public service announcement, the Gold Vendor has been updated for these White Streaks Mayhem event. They have new... Uh, sets like Rallying Cry and Mara's Balm, uh, probably some others, but those are kind of the big two everyone's flipping out about. Um, they had necklaces this past weekend, uh, and this coming weekend they'll have the rings. So if you're hearing this before the weekend, uh, don't forget to get in there and get those. These things are, will be great to have or to, to resell later. But yeah, we've been doing a little Imperial City. Like I said, it's been, I don't know, it's been pretty fun. I mean, it's not like, um, we, I haven't ran into any like big zergs or anything like that. And we haven't had like a, a real like organized squad, like optimized squad like we did last time. We've just been kind of taking random characters and Televar farming. The the Televar farming has been really, really nice. Um, or, or just earlier today, me and Sam and uh, who else was it? Morty and the other Sam, Sam Tarly. Uh, we were at Imperial City in, in one of the lesser populated campaigns. and. We were coming across a bunch of scrubs. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's what they were. You know, they just, they died really easily. But 
I guess they had been doing a lot of farming because we were getting like one, 1,000, 2,000 Telvar off of each one of them. Like each one of us was getting that much off of them, you know, so you know they had to be carrying, you know, 10k or more, I guess. Um, so I think I'm like around 100k Telvar right now, which I know isn't like an outrageous amount, but it's pretty comfortable for me. I don't, I don't sell it. I don't, I don't buy Hackajos and sell them. I, uh, I just keep the Telvar and buy Hackajos for myself to make tristat glyphs um, as I need them. It's pretty, it's been pretty dull on, on like compared to the last one, you know, like last one, that excitement was there cause it's been quite a while since last time. And there was a lot of people in there, you know, and it was like such a, such a wide spectrum of experiences you would have like an Imperial city, you know, like, there's a bunch of people who don't normally do PvP in there, you know, and so you'd you'd find yourself being able to like one v ten people feeling like a god, you know, which is not normally possible for for me, certainly not. Um, so you'll have situations like that, but then you'll have other situations where there's just like uh, these like unstoppable ball groups, and uh, you know, and you can you kind of have everything in between there as well. Um. This time it hasn't really seemed like that at all. It's like kind of these little one-off skirmishes here and there. Um, we we ran into one pretty decent group earlier today that uh, they they got us a few times. They were just the better group, right? I mean, just that's just the way it was. They they were actually pretty organized and they were coordinating their their ultimates and stuff. And they were just playing very very defensively, like they were not attacking at all. They were just focusing on staying alive uh, until they were ready for an ult dump, and then it was an ult dump. And they'd wipe us, uh, and then they just go back to turtling right back up. We'd run back to them to try to fight them again. It was just kind of right back to the same strategy again. Worked really well for them. Um, yeah, we we did get them a couple times. We certainly did. Uh, that is true. That uh, that heavy attack. Joral says in the chat the that heavy attack uh, thing was fixed in PvP. Uh, I forgot about that, but yeah, that is true. Now that I think about it, I I um I wasn't getting just nuked by those heavy attacks the way I were was the last time. So maybe that's a factor, and why not as many PVE people are are finding their way in there because they don't have their easy button anymore. So yeah, the White Strike Mayhem event kind of dolesville, and honestly, like I'm not just trying to complain, but. I've seen a lot of people express this sentiment and I've been feeling it as well. The the meta in general is just kind of stale right now, you know, and it seems crazy to say that because we just got this new class. Um, but surprisingly, like we've said before, uh, the class hasn't really shaken things up all that much. Like the Arcanist, it kind of fit right in. It kind of feels like they've always been here. You know, I'm not really having to account for them in my builds or in, you know, I don't know matches where arcanists are are in there there's there's no like special thing I'm having to do that I that I wasn't having to do before so the uh, the meta just kind of feels the same which is I think really impressive and I think it's actually a testament to the developers they they actually did a really great job of introducing this new class that it's not broken like it actually functions right like really not buggy I mean I'm sh I'm sure there are some bugs here and there but me personally with the build that I've been using everything works good um, it's a good, strong class with lots of really great strength. They're not crazy overpowered. Um, they're defensively a bit overpowered. They're, they're very difficult to kill, but otherwise like offensively, not really like they have the tools to do damage, but, um, I wouldn't say overpowered by any means. 
So they're just not, generally, they're just not frustrating to deal with. The most frustrating thing is, man, they sure are hard to kill. But in that case, I can always just opt to stop attacking them and go find a, a squishier target. You know, go find a Sork to attack. Um, so yeah, kudos to, to Zoss for introducing this class and doing a great job of that. Um, but now I'm hoping with Q3, now that we've had this really smooth introduction of this new class, let's go ahead and shake things up. You know, let's, 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 let's get this meta shaken up. It's a weird thing. You know, I, um, you see this conversation all the time about how people are sick of, um, of the meta always changing. They're sick of getting a build locked in and they, they spend all these transmutes getting the traits all right. And they gold it all out and all this stuff. And then the meta changes and a bunch of stuff gets nerfed. A bunch of stuff gets buffed. You get new sets introduced, whatever, and that build's no longer viable or it's no longer as competitive as it used to be. Uh, and so people get frustrated over that, and I understand that. Um, but now we can see right here the alternative, because it's been a while. You know, like all my builds have been locked in for several months now, you know, and they're all, they've all been viable. They've all continued to function for, I don't know, probably six months now. And uh, it makes me realize that, like, you know, a major part of what this game is, is just making builds. You know, you're on that treadmill of getting gear and getting your transmutes get to, to get the traits that you need and all that stuff. And it's just a major part of the game is like getting your build together. And when that stops being a factor, when, you know, it's it's been months now since I've really needed to update a build, uh, a major part of what I spend my time doing in this game is kind of absent now. But it's like, that's the, that's the, I don't know, is dichotomy the right word? That's just the, which way do we want to have it? You know, do we want to have it where we can lock in and build and not have to change it all the time? And we can just really be happy with the build that we have forever. Or do we want actually like to have um, an interesting changing meta where we have a reason to update the builds, where we have a reason to log in and do some dungeons or, you know, play the game to, to get the build together. You know, that's, like I said, that's what I think the game mostly is, is, is getting that build together. And then you go test it out and, and you're like, yeah, it's a good build. Sweet. I did good. You know, and then the meta changes and you do it again. Uh, when it stays locked in like this for a long period of time, I, I don't know. Like I have some builds that are really, really good. But for me, once I prove to myself that the build is good, I'm like, yep, I think it's a perfect build. I don't need to change it. Like old Betsy, she's totally locked in. Um. I, I, at that point, I don't personally feel the need to keep playing with that build all the time. You know, I, I it's the process of making the build that I mostly enjoy. So I'm hoping in Q3, we shake things up a little bit. That's what I'm hoping. So um, just in the last couple of weeks of playing BGs, to me, it seems like more people are trying to build for damage. I'm not seeing quite as many tanks. Of course, with the objective modes and stuff, there's always going to be tanks because there's always going to be people who just want to stand on flags. But they've the BGs have been a lot more intense lately. I've actually been having to, you know, really watch my back and really work to stay alive. Uh, so people are building for damage. I've been getting double-digit kills on a pretty regular basis, which... Um, you know, for a long time, that just wasn't happening. You know, like a six or seven kill count was pretty darn high there for a while. 
but now it's pretty normal to get 15 or more, you know, in, in a match for, for the people that, you know, like me and Uncle Sam and want to buy my dog and Joral and the people that we normally play with. I think that's a pretty regular occurrence in our, in our BGs these days, uh, even outside of this event, you know. I think just more people are trying to build for damage, and it might just be because it has been so stagnant for so long. People are just trying to, you know, add a little excitement to the gameplay. Let's okay, let's have some damage, which is nice. That's always, you know, the best way to to be in PvP. Like everyone just builds for damage and try to kill each other. Everyone can die. Everyone can kill other people. That's the best way to play. Anyway, as far as like builds I've been playing with, um, of course, I've, I've been playing with Betsy again, especially with this event going on. I like to spend uh, a lot of time with Betsy, my Stamplar, my main. Um, her build is the same that it's been for a very long time, um, but I haven't talked about it in a little while, so I'll just remind people what it is. This is, in my opinion, the best Stamplar build you can make. Uh, it is uh, Deadly Strikes as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality as a back bar set with a bow. I have the perfected Black Rose dual maces on the front bar, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and one magma, uh, one piece magma incarnate for the shoulder piece. It's a medium armor setup, all well fitted. Uh, Serpent Moon to Stone for sustain. Uh, or if I'm if I'm in a like a pre-made, I'll switch to the um, the Apprentice Mundus to get the, uh, the spell damage instead because sustain is usually pretty pretty well taken care of in a group. But um, you get lots of really great defensiveness from the from the Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, the uh, the Black Rose Dual Wield, uh, Vigor's giving you uh, minor resolve, or you have major resolve from your rune. Uh, Templars are also just super survivable these days. They got some really great buffs. That rune now heals you all the time, whether you're standing in it or not, and it's a pretty decent heal even when you're not standing in it. Uh, and when you are standing in it, it's an extremely good heal. I can definitely feel that survivability. It scales off of health, but I I just have 30k health, and I still I still can very much feel um, that heal. It's really really nice, and it's all about the uh, the AOE pulses, right? So it's uh, the deadly cloak, it's solar barrage, um, blood mist. The the blood mist morph of uh, mist form gives you an AOE uh, damage thing that follows you around. Crescent sweep when you cast that, and that gives you a pulse. Uh, and then we spam jabs on top of all that. So it's all just AoE, and it's all AoE that is, like, stuck to your character, right? So wherever you go, there's just, like, this aura of of pain <laughs> that surrounds you. And it's really nice. It, it's it's helpful for a lot of reasons. It's a, it's a nice Nightblade detector, because uh, a lot of those things, like the, the Blade Cloak and Solar Barrage, they, the visual effect will only go off if there is someone around for it to hit. So, um... You know, if if you if those abilities are active and suddenly you see them just kind of go off out of nowhere, you know there must be a Nightblade around. So that's a handy little thing. You'll also just accidentally get kills all the time. Like I've um I've killed people that have like like they've been low on health and they'll stun me and they'll be trying to like take me out while I'm stunned on the ground. But the the AOE pulses that are still going on around my character go ahead and kill that person while I'm still stunned on the ground. And of course, just diving into a group and going ham, you know, if you have a healer and you know you can just kind of dive in there and go nuts for a little while, you'll be snatching all kinds of kills just from that that aura of damage that's going around. Just anyone who gets low on health, there's a very good chance one of those ticks of one of those pulses is going to be the, the killing blow. 
Um, so you just kind of end up racking up a fair amount of kills with this build. Honor the Dead, Extended Ritual, Reviving Barrier, and, uh, and of course Vigor. Those are my, my healing abilities. And uh, Sugar Skulls for the food, Tristat Potions, Bloodthirsty Jewelry. She is speed capped, even though I haven't really gone out of my way to really invest in speed. Uh, it's all well fitted on the armor, and it's um, it's five medium, uh, and she's an orc, and she has a bow, so she has the the major expedition. So with all those things combined, when she's sprinting, she is uh, over the speed cap, actually very slightly over the speed cap. So um, so even without swift jewelry or without the steed moonus or any of that stuff, we still have really really good movement speed and the. Sustain feels really nice as well, plus uh, Mist Form giving us that extra boost of mobility. So it, it still feels like just as kind of kitey and, and slippery as always. You know, I, I don't feel like I've uh, sacrificed in that department at all. And I think this is, like I said, I think this is about the best Stamina Templar build you can make that isn't just like a, you know, a proc cheese build that you could slap on any on any class. This actually feels like a build that you really only can do on a Stamplar. It, it plays into their strengths. It works really, really well on them. Um, that's I think that's what I like about it is you wouldn't you really wouldn't be able to put this setup on just any class and 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 have it perform as well as it does on Betsy here. And then the only other build, I mean, I've kind of been hopping around the roster a little bit, but the only build I've really spent a lot of time with lately is my Arcanist, whose name is Randolph. And uh, it's still the same build as last time. It's Wretched Vitality as a back bar set. Uh, Briarheart on the front bar. Uh, the back bar weapon is a bow. Front bar weapon is a lightning staff. Uh, and I have the Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and three agility on the jewelry. It's another medium armor setup with all well fitted, all bloodthirsty on the jewelry. Sugar skulls for the food. You know, the, the, st the standard setup. I've been looking for uh, a better set than Briarheart. That that was meant to just be a temporary set until I find something else, but I'm just not really finding anything that's significantly better. And I already have this set, you know, golded out and in the proper traits and all that stuff. So I think I'm just sticking with it. I've been getting great results with it, you know. So I don't I don't really see a big reason to change. I mean, I could, you know, do a Way of Fire or do one of the meta sets that everyone's using, but um. You know, I kind of just like to rely on the class abilities and um and, and play the class and not really have to play around these sets specifically. Um, I, I feel like Briarheart's about as good as any other option out there. So, um, yeah, the the offensive abilities are the Fulminating Rune. I have the Cephaliarch's Flail, the the tentacle that that's the stamina morph of the tentacle. I have the Escalating Rune Blades, class spammable. I have that um. Rune of the Colorless Pool, that's the fear morph of the, the CC ability. I don't know, I've heard some people say that they, they, they like the charm and they think there's a real advantage to the charm morph, but I don't see it. I don't really see it, especially since that's the only thing that morph does, is it, it, it makes it a charm instead of a fear. So it, you're, you're just trading one hard CC for another hard CC. You know, they're both, in my mind, they're both equally advantageous um but the other morph it, it keeps it a fear but it also applies a minor brittle to the target so you're, you're doing more damage to them in that case i feel like that's a much more clear obvious you know benefit that i'm getting there 
rather than just switching the type of hard CC that it's doing. But I've really been enjoying playing with the Arcanist. It's one that I definitely have to kind of resist just logging in with every time because it's a very kind of easy, comfortable choice to just grab that Arcanist. It's a, it's a very cozy build, a very comfortable build. Um, I've, we've mentioned lots of times how it's, uh, it's almost impossible to kill an Arcanist you know, unless you just get the jump on them and catch them with their buffs down and stuff like that. But uh, if they're ready for you, you know, you're you're almost certainly not going to kill them. So I like them for that reason, because I can just kind of jump in the middle of things and not really worry too much. And the damage, in, in my experience, the damage is there. I've seen a lot of people say that they don't think the offense is really all that great. And, you know, I'm not using the beam. I'm I'm really, I'm really, really crutching on that tentacle. Now, I think I could see how in like dueling, like a 1v1 sort of situation, maybe they're they're not great in that situation. That's not really the world that I exist in. I pretty much just do BGs. And for Battlegrounds, man, they seem top tier. They seem like really, really great. Uh, I pretty much never have a bad match on, on my Arcanist. some emails um scrolling podcast at gmail.com that is the email address you can send in any questions any suggestions for the show uh tell us a joke say hello share your favorite recipe uh shout out to a friend or a family member whatever you want scrolling podcast at gmail.com um is the place to send it and every week we will select uh one person to to receive a, a gold prize as long as you're on the pcna server it's varying amounts each time, but uh, but this time we decided to go ahead and go big, and we're going to give away 1 million gold to a lucky emailer. So first email comes from Uncle Sam. The subject is, shout out to Jorl, Grizzly Khan, and every soccer mom full of Telvar in Imperial City. So Sam says, want to shout out uh, these two legendary goons for the ridiculous Telvar farm. We weren't really hardcore farming as we took every PvP fight we possibly could... We, we could possibly get, but every Telvar farmer and their nan were chock full of free Telvar, so we helped ourselves. Joral and myself were on Wardens, uh, Joral on a Stam, and, and myself on a Mag, uh, and Grizzly was on his Sam Sork. Uh, the Motley crew skipped around Imperial City, robbing from the rich and giving to, well, ourselves. <laughs> Thanks for the trip, guys. Nice. Thanks for writing in, Sam. Yeah, we did a little bit of traipsing around Imperial City uh, earlier today as well, and a uh, similar sort of situation <laughs> where uh, um, we were running into, you know, yeah, any kind of PvP opportunity we found, of course, we were taking it. But yeah, the, the people that we found were a lot of non-PvP people that had been farming Telvar from bosses and stuff, and they were loaded up, and we just helped ourselves. Uh, so yeah, I got to experience that, that with you shortly after you sent this email. But yeah, that's kind of been how it is though. Like the, the PVP, the actual PVP community doesn't really seem to be getting out there, you know, or at least not yet. Um, and so actually that is our only email, Sam, you sent our only email. So, um, you, you win by default, man. Uh, actually, new rule: you have to you have to be in the chat when we announce the winner. So, guess uh, I guess you forfeit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Sam, will, Sam gets one mil. Let me write it down. Sam, one mil. See, it could be an easy mill, folks. You just write in an email. You might be the only person that sends one that week, and then it's a guaranteed chunk of gold coming your way. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, it could be something like Sam wrote in here. Just tell us a story. You know, It doesn't even have to be a question or anything, uh, uh, or a game we could play, or, or whatever. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. It also just so happens to be, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> forgot the, I forgot, forgot the plug. Uh, it is what? It's literally the best PVP guild in the game that also just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. And it's also the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to join Stoons Goons, uh, we're on the PCNA server. Uh, you can send me an email or send us an email at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. If you're not on PCNA or if your guild roster is full, then just come join the Discord. That's where the action is really happening anyway. Um, that's where we're sharing memes and talking about build ideas and just kind of general guild communications happen in the Discord for the most part. Uh, and anyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. The, the in-game membership is not required. You're, you're welcome to come along on any and everything that we do. Um, so scroll in podcast at gmail.com and I'll, se I'll send you an invite to the guild or the Discord, or both. If you'd like to... <laughs> Joral's making fun of me, fumbling over the words there. Thanks, buddy. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and find our show and give us a star rating and especially a written review. Uh, that'll help us out. If you'd like to go further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollinpodcast and receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. Uh, that gets you some extra Discord, some extra Discord benefits, uh, a guaranteed shout out on every episode, uh, access to the Booncast, which is a shorter uh, podcast that I do on the off weeks. Uh, we have some videos, some written build guides, uh, and of course, the greatest gift of all is just knowing that you're helping support the show and keeping this thing going. If you can't do Patreon right now, then just come join the Discord. It doesn't cost anything to do that. Uh, we have one of the best communities on the internet, and we'd love to have you. Everyone's welcome. So scroll in podcast at gmail.com once again to get that invite. Uh, shout out to the chat. Joral, he's been here the whole time. He was the first one here, the last one out. Uncle Sam joined us for a while. Want to buy my dog. CPU scientist was in here for like 30 seconds, I think. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, shout out to Uncle Sam, Joral, Slavka, Wanna Buy My Dog, CPU Scientist, Wilhelm, aka Morty. Um, we've been playing together quite a bit lately. Those are all just a bunch of great people. Always enjoy hanging out with them. Shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for being around for so long and being our friends. And shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, Taggard, and Mother of Dragons. Thank you guys so much. So I think that is the end of this episode. It's shorter one than usual. Uh, Davis will be back uh, on the next episode, and we'll, it'll be back to business as usual. I kind of have a feeling 
we'll have a lot to talk about at that time. I don't know, it's it's kind of getting time for, for the next cycle to be starting up and stuff. So we will see uh, until then. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.